Welcome to this Good Friday message, 15th of April 2022. Let's start by reading a scripture. I'm going to read from the Gospel of John, and I'm going to read from verse 14. Now it was the preparation day of the Passover, and about the sixth hour. And he, that's Pilate, said to the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he delivered him to them to be crucified. So they took Yeshua and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. When they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Yeshua in the center. Now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was, Yeshua of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we can share around your precious word. We pray, Lord, that we will be blessed by you, Holy Spirit, as you give us insight, revelation, spiritual food at this wonderful time of the year. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love, and we thank you for your great care. In Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. As always, when we come to one of these Christian holidays, the big debate rages. Is it a pagan festival? Should we celebrate it? Well, let's not be petty about these things. And as we always say, in our church, these celebrations, even if they do have pagan roots, so to speak, what matters is what we make of it. And we choose not to celebrate the pagan roots, although the odd East egg here and there is not something that God's going to frown upon. But the issue is really a time to contemplate what it is that Christ went through on our behalf. I don't think we'll ever really understand the magnitude of the suffering that he went through. I certainly don't. And I've realized something year after year when we come to Easter and people explain the pain from an academic medical dimension. Somehow there's a disconnect. There always has been in my life, simply because I've never really experienced great pain. Well, this year, I have a slightly different approach, and I just want to share a personal experience with you, which I believe will help us. As many of you know, about two or three weeks ago, a muscle in my leg swelled up and became very painful. I thought it was just a sprained muscle and that, as has happened in the past, it would automatically just go away. But it didn't. Anyway, the pain got worse and the time came where I said to Janet, we need to get this attended to. 
When we saw the doctor, she did the blood test, was horrified. My blood count, sugar level was very high. And the infection in my bloodstream was also extremely high. So she ordered immediate hospitalization. So I found myself in casualty at the little company of Mary, rigged up with a drip. And before long, in high care. This is an unusual experience for me. I've never ever been hospitalized. And I must say, now that I think about it, when I pray for people in hospital, it will be with a different approach. Different understanding, rather. The approach is still the same. God's love and desire for people to be well. Anyway, I spent this night in high care and the doctors hovered around me doing what they had to do. At one stage, the one doctor takes out a mallet and starts hitting my feet. Not that it hurt, of course, but it was just testing reflexes. So I said to him, this place is like a low-intensity torture chamber. He laughed and he said, sometimes we reach high levels here. (laughs) Anyway, that was my introduction, and I had to try and get some sleep. Next door to me was a gentleman who was just a young man, who had just had big hip replacement, and just to help him make it through with all the terrible pain he was experiencing, saw fit to chew ice throughout the night. Now I don't hold it against him, shame. He was suffering. But somebody chewing ice in your ear is not exactly Brahms's lullaby. My point is, I didn't sleep too good. Anyway, the next day came. The doctor, specialist physician, had a look at the leg, and he was totally nonplussed. He couldn't understand what it was and how it had arisen, you see. So, as I discovered with the medical profession, if they don't know something, they set about finding out. Anyway, the first step in this quest to discover what the mystery was, he saw fit to send me for a sonar. Now, in my mind, I assume a sonar is where you just lie still, the sonar does its business, photographs your leg, whatever it is, and it's all over. I was mistaken. In this case, the sonar involved this woman with a little scanner, taking my leg and prodding every single painful part just to get photographs, or sonographs, whatever you call it. And she just went on and on and on. Here I am writhing in agony, and she just keeps prodding around, looking for something. Anyway, I survived that, got back to my ward in dreadful pain, only to discover the next morning that the doctor was still nonplussed. So his next step was to organize, I suppose you call it a biopsy. He needed to look at the fluid or whatever it was that was inside this swollen, painful mass of leg muscle, you see. Anyway, I was hauled off to the torture chamber, which is called the X-ray department, once again. And there I'm set up, you see, and this young man with glasses, 
very cool and collected, I thought to myself, it fit very well in the medical establishment of a Nazi concentration camp. But anyway, he says, I have to stick a needle into you. Are you okay with it? <laughs> well, when you're on the slab, you don't really have a choice. So I said, do your worst, get on with it. And so he did. Anyway, into this mass of hurting muscle, he jabs this needle. And you see, it's not just a superficial jab, it's right into the very core. Well, that's when I experienced great pain. And anyway, he did what he had to do, and then out comes the needle. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's over. Thank you, Lord. However, he had to inform me that he has to do another one. He didn't ask permission this time, because I don't know if I would have given it to him. But anyway, he proceeded. Oh my soul. If the pain from the first was bad, this was twice as bad. Anyway, he got it done and I thought, sure, I'm so glad that's over. However, once again, I was mistaken. Then he said, I have to do a third one. Anyway, I just thought, well, if it has to be done, it has to be done. Get on with it, so to speak. Oh my goodness me. Oh my goodness me, that third syringe going into my already painful leg was sheer agony. A level of pain that I've never ever experienced in my life. To such an extent that my body went into shock. Anyway, they finished this whole thing and I said to them, I came on a wheelchair, there's no way I'm getting into a wheelchair now. You'll have to get my bed and, and roll me home, so to speak. Anyway, they got the bed, and there I am, on the stretcher, so to speak, being rolled out of this place, a shivering wreck of pain. Anyway, while this is happening, a thought came to my mind. I believe it was the Holy Spirit. The number of needles sort of nudged me, three. I had three needles stuck into my leg. And then this thought arose. He had three massive rusty nails plunged through both his hands and both his feet. As I thought about this, do you know what my response was? Because I'd felt his presence all along, despite the pain. I just thought to myself, Oh Lord, forgive me for being so pathetic, for being such a wimp. By comparison, what you went through was a million, million times worse. I haven't got any right to complain. Anyway, that was comforting for me. Another wonderful aspect to the story is they wheeled me in back to my ward, private ward, and there was a very kindly nurse. She was waiting. In her hand was a glass of water and painkillers. And this is what she said. She said, when they took your bed, I knew you'd be in pain. And so I got these painkillers ready for you. 
Now, those painkillers didn't really work. In the hospital, you could ask for them at any time, and I had in the past. But you know what worked? Just this kind lady, just thinking about me, having thought for what I would need. And I realized, I don't think you and I realize how much a kind deed done in any circumstance, what it can do for somebody. Anyway, I lived through that, and I don't want to labor the point, but my point is this. As we contemplate the crucifixion this year, I have more of an understanding. Of course, not nearly the full revelation. I don't think I could bear that. But it makes me more grateful. It makes me more thankful for what he did for us. But my message is slightly different from that. There was one man of God who described the cross as I crossed out. I crossed out. Now, you can argue that that's not theologically correct. But let me say this. That captures the very heart of the gospel. The very heart of the gospel, you see, is Christ setting us free. And we know about all the things under the curse that we've been set free from, and we talk about them, and they're all wonderful. we set free from poverty, we set free from physical sickness and disease, we set free from our sin, we set free to go to heaven one day, we set free from worry and care and from living pointless lives, and all that is true and all that is wonderful. But I've come to realize something. The real thing he set us free from was ourselves. Do you know how liberating it is to realize that Christ has set us free from ourselves? We no longer have to live to suit ourselves, to push ourselves forward, to be a success. We don't have to bother about all of this anymore. He set us free from the bondage of being so self-aware and self-conscious and self-controlled. Now, of course, the moment you and I get saved, theoretically we are set free from ourselves. But I realize something. Even though we are set free, the real salvation takes time. It's a process. Living life for God is a process of crossing ourselves out. Crossing ourselves out. And sometimes that process, brother and sister, is painful. It's like a death. But you see, the beauty of it, and this is the heart of the gospel, looking at our example, what did he do on the cross? He who had so much. He who was the apple of his father's eye. Glory unexpressible. Position unsurpassed. Yet he came. Yet he came. You see? And he set the example on the cross. He crossed himself out. 
Not my will, but yours. Forgive them, Lord, they don't know what they do. Can you see that? How painful was that crossing of himself out to the extent that at one moment he cried, Oh God, why have you forsaken me? I must say, when I was going through this pain, the thought crossed my mind. But I had the example, you see, set before me. And it was so easy just to say, Oh Lord, not my will, but yours. I know that in the big picture of things, this will all make sense. You haven't forsaken me. But my brothers and sisters, as we contemplate the cross this Good Friday, just look at it this way. The heart of what we believe is crossing ourselves out. It's crossing ourselves out. You see, the word says, he who gains his life will lose it. But he who loses it for my sake, for my sake will gain it. And the path to life, you see, is forgetting about ourselves, forgetting about our position, forgetting about what people think of us, forgetting about worrying about our lives. You see, the process, which is a painful one, of step by step, crossing ourselves out, crossing ourselves out, and in place, living for others, preferring others better than ourselves. Can I just say, if we can have a community of people that are continually crossing themselves out, continually looking for the benefit of others, Caring for one another. Being what Christ was on earth. Can I just say this? If we have a community of those kinds of people, we will have heaven on earth. We will have heaven on earth. And can I just say, through what I've experienced, all the love, all the care, all the selfless acts of kindness, all the goodwill, all the prayers that I've experienced, I believe that we, at our Father's house, are well on our way to being the people God wants us to be. May you and your families be blessed this time as you think of his great sacrifice. May we enjoy Easter what we can that his kingdom might go forward in Joshua's mighty name Amen